Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this day is from Mark chapter 21, 21 to 28. Here again the passage that reads, And he cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. This is a portion of our text. So, what will it be like in the presence of Jesus? People are wondering. They're wondering as they consider the judgment. Yes, on judgment day. But Jesus doesn't want us to wonder. He wants us to know, especially about our relationship with him. That's what the Gospel of Mark is all about. I want you this morning in your pew Bibles, open up to Mark chapter 1. And Mark is going to tell us He tells us already in verse 1 what he's going to tell us. And there you'll find the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Ask Mark, and he'll tell you. So you will know that you'll have not just a power Jesus, but a Jesus who's for you. You see, Jesus continues among his people. He continues to reveal himself as the Son of God. So 21 verses later, verse 21, we see again Jesus is among his people. When, they say, when it reads, they went to Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and was teaching. And as Jesus is teaching, a man with an unclean spirit shows up. <laughs> Isn't that just the way life works? Just when you think life is wonderful and things are going along great, the bad is right there to mess things up and to take away your joy. How many of you have had that experience? Weddings, anniversaries, family reunions, yes, a vacation at the lake. And yet, even with this demon in the presence of Jesus, he's in control. Jesus is in control. And people recognize it. They're astonished, not only at his teaching, but that he taught them as one who had an authority. And when he casts out the demon, the people in Capernaum are in astonishment and amazement. There you read. His authority is higher than we've ever seen. Not as the scribes, but new. Something that we haven't seen before. And that news spread all over the place. But right there, in the middle of everything, there's this odd phrase where Jesus responds to the demon. You find it there? Be silent. Wait, doesn't Jesus want us, doesn't Jesus want the news to get out about who he is and what he's doing? Why be quiet? And this isn't the only place in Mark that Jesus commands silence. What's going on in the Gospel of Mark? 
not only this, look at how people react. In verse 22, they were astonished. Verse 27, they were amazed. And it spread famed every, spread everywhere. In verse 28, they saw this miracle worker like a magician who could do awesome feats, who wowed the people. His fame seemed greater than any entertainer. Or maybe just like an entertainer. But the people don't get it. They're simply amazed and astonished. And they go home. So why doesn't Jesus allow the demons to say who he is? And here we must remember Jesus' purpose. Our Jesus isn't just a power Jesus. Many people are looking for one. A power Jesus that will set everything right. The one that's going to get them out of trouble. I once ministered to a gentleman, a man in prison. He would write me long letters about his faith and what he believed and how things were improving for him. And then I met the officer that knew him very well. And I joyously shared about this man's faith. And he quickly rebuffed me and said, yeah, many people find Jesus in prison. But when they get out, their need for Jesus disappears. He saw it often. People look for a power Jesus, for an earthly deliverer to get them out of their troubles. But when they're delivered, they don't need him. They just don't get it. Now, I need to say this because of this officer's experience doesn't mean that we are to give up on such people, nor should we give up on our witness because of our so-called success rate or our retention rate is so low. I remember one of Pastor Osmus's sermons when I first came here. He had the illustration of a starfish or all the starfish that were stranded on the beach. A man was walking along and picking up one and throwing it in the sea. Another man came along and he said, what are you doing? You can't possibly save all these starfish. With that, the man picked up the starfish and threw one back in the sea and said, but it'll make a difference for this one. Picked up another and this one. In the book of Mark, people don't understand who Jesus is all the way through the book and all the way, you could say, to the end. Because after Jesus rose, <laughs> it reads, from the angel said, for he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him just as he told you. And as they went out, they fled the two for trembling, and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. They still don't get it. They're simply amazed. Again, why doesn't Jesus allow the demons to say who he is? 
remember that purpose. In the book of Mark, we get this. But there is one place, and for that I'll have you open up to Mark chapter 15, verse 39. Your translation may be a little different than mine. There is one who gets it, a man, a centurion. He's at the cross, and Jesus is hanging dead. In Mark 15, 39, we read, And when the centurion stood facing him and saw the way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. Finally, someone gets it there at the cross. At the cross, we understand this authoritative teacher and powerful man is at the cross there is where Jesus is confessed the very son of God C.S. Lewis in his book The Lion the Witch and the Wardrobe there's a Mr. Beaver and he tells Susan about Aslan the lion you'll understand when you see him when Susan is confesses that she's nervous about meeting Aslan the lion and wonders whether he is quite safe. Mr. Beaver responds, well, if there's anyone who can appear, from, or appear before Aslan with his out his knees knocking, he's either braver than anyone I know or just plain silly. Of course he isn't safe, but he is good. He's king, I tell you. So it is with Jesus at the judgment. We'll understand his teaching and his authority when we see him in all his glory, for he is king. But it's on the cross that we see him for who he really is, our Savior. Yes, he has the power to overcome demons. Yes, he teaches with authority that no one else on earth has, but he goes to the cross to die for you, for you and me and for the sins of the whole world. And that's your good news that the world needs to hear. We don't have the physical presence of Jesus here right now to see and to touch and to hear. We don't have the miracles like they had at Capernaum that could wow a crowd where demons would confess who Jesus is. But the demons only knew Jesus as judge, the Holy One that could destroy them. But we know Jesus as our Savior the one who goes to the cross for us, the one who the centurion recognized. We have more Jesus than any of them who ever had in Mark. 
we have more Jesus who teaches with authority greater than anyone on earth. We have a more powerful Jesus than anyone who casts out demons because Jesus is our Savior who rules over sin, death, and the power of the devil. We wonder and we wish that we could see Jesus. Even if we could just hear his voice. But today he assures us once again that his grace is sufficient for you. As his word is preached in all its truth and purity, oh yes, it condemns sin, but his word that is stronger than any of our sin, his word forgives it. And see him in baptism. There, God's name is placed on anyone who comes there and has the water and the word placed on him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. And where God's name is, there he is. There is Jesus for you. There you are joined with his death and you die with all your sin. There you are raised to newness of life there, pronounced dead to sin and raised in Jesus. Do you touch and see and smell Jesus in Holy Communion? Oh, there's a little bread, a little wine. The world it doesn't see what's there. We hear, this is my body, this is my blood. And the world is astonished and it's amazed that we would say and believe that Jesus is there in his body and blood. Here in Holy Communion is the whole Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins for here is where we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's what faith believes. You know, this phrase always struck me as odd. Why wouldn't Paul say it is the Lord's resurrection that we proclaim? But he says death. Yes, death. Because life isn't something you simply are having power over like the world wants to exercise. Life is something to be rescued. And that happens through sacrifice. And Jesus is the greatest sacrifice, not only for us, but for whole world. And that's the good news to proclaim. Yes, Jesus indeed does miracles. His word has authority like no other, but he is Savior who goes to the cross for you, for me, for the whole world. What's it like to be in the presence of Jesus? You know, through word and sacrament. And that's the epiphany, the aha, the manifestation, the revelation of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Savior, our Savior. Amen.
Now the peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.